A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. You're listening to Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official expanded universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com. There is great disturbance in the force. That's right, Whistler. Welcome to episode 197 of Star Wars Beyond the Films, your Star Wars discussion podcast, your podcast of legends, your ticket to that galaxy far, far away. Our episodes broadcast on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division, at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes can also be found on iTunes as well as Stitcher and right on our own Twitter and Facebook pages at SW Beyond Films. Hey, but enough about how you got here. Let's get this show started. I'm one of your hosts, the defender of the EU, the champion of this multiverse that we have, the bipolar Star Wars fan, Mark Herleman. And with me, like Finn's need to get off Jakku, the EU guru himself, the count of these two continuities, Mr. Nathan P. Butler. Hey, everybody. What does everybody want to go back to Jakku? See, that was my clean version. As soon as he said that, because I never know what he's going to say ahead of time, it popped into my head to make a reference to the beginning of the uh, newest season of House of Cards, but I figured that would probably be a bad reference. <laughs> Those who've seen it know what I'm talking about. Just clear your mind. It's okay. Star Wars Beyond the Films, we ask the tough questions. Questions that have bothered you for a long time or simple ones that have perplexed you off and on. You ponder about Star Wars and so do we. This episode we explore The Force Awakens, TFA versus Legends. Did the EU need to be rebranded? What elements were repeated? So on and so forth. So with that, consider that your spoiler warning, Beyonders and Sentients of All Ages, because here we go. Another adventure beyond the films. Yes, another adventure of the two Legends fans or EU fans struggling to stay relevant amidst their illiteracy or whatever idiotic thing it was that we saw on iTunes reviews a while back. Um, this is an instance in which we've got a topic where both story group canon and Legends are relevant to the discussion, which is an unusual thing. We've been covering a lot of canon stuff recently, but in this case, we're dealing with something that has been on the minds of a lot of fans, is a very contentious subject, and will probably wind up getting us blasted with some uh, some mail from either side, no matter how we cover this. This is one of those issues that is just uh, a passion point for a lot of fans. And that's that question, as Mark said in the description, of whether or not the Legends continuity, or the EU, the official continuity prior to 2014-ish, did or didn't need to be rebooted in order to make way for something like The Force Awakens and what Disney has planned for the franchise, along with elements of, well, how does this fit with Legends? How doesn't it? Uh, could it have fit? And what has changed? So a lot of content to look at here, but it is, we recognize going into this, this is kind of a contentious thing. Yeah, there's definitely going to be people out there that are going to be passionate feeling no matter what we're coming at with this. Uh, you know, I, I the one that gets me is, you know, could it have fit or did it need to be reboot? You know, that's one that I go back and forth with. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways I, I'm feeling more in the camp of, yes, 
it needed to happen, but no, they didn't need to put legends in the stasis that it's done. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, they could have told a story that was set in the old legends. Uh, and I think they could have made it work. Uh, I, I think that, you know, and, and I've said this before, the idea that you have to make the story so plain that it has to be accessible for other authors later to come in. I, I've never liked that, that, false shoehorn that that being boxed in the corner feeling that they they pretend that that was i mean it, it isn't so hard to write stories in legends you know i mean there's many ways they were do i mean some of the last books written in legends were actually so inoffensive they could have been set in the new canon uh you know i mean razor's edge i mean that one and and even the uh, han solo one those two books were, were so basically continuity free that they could have been set in this new universe i mean it could have been done. I think that they were using that as an excuse a lot of the times. I don't know. What did you feel about that, Nate? Well, I do agree that something like Razor's Edge or Honor Among Thieves, I mean, that could have been in either continuity. It, they connected to virtually nothing uh, in that sense. And I do find it interesting that when we talk to some of the writers of the early stuff for the new story group canon, many of them had no idea that what they were writing was actually going to be for a new continuity. They thought it was going to be within what had come before, so they were writing as if it could fit. Uh, I kind of have taken this thing, I've had this conversation so many times over whether or not there was a need, because that is something that people will get very hostile about on the Star Wars Timeline Golds page and whatnot, that finally, I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to flowchart this sucker, okay? So, follow along, folks, and I think at each point we may have some discussion on the different options that were available. Uh, I would argue that Star Wars was safe from having to have some type of change like what happened as long as Lucas was in charge. Because Lucas himself had said, essentially, I'm not going to make any more films. Of course, that was his line of, there's always ever been meant to be six, which was bull because he had said so many different other things in the past. But with Lucas in charge, he had decided he wasn't going forward with a sequel trilogy. The prequels and the originals were it, and he was focusing on television when he was involved directly at all. Thing is, assuming Star Wars as a franchise was going to continue at all, either after Lucas died, after Lucas retired, or after Lucas sold out, which are the only three options that really could have happened, right, uh, as far as his involvement in the series to end his involvement, at some point he would no longer be involved. And if the franchise keeps going... I find it extremely hard to believe that no matter who wound up in charge of it, that we weren't going to get new movies. I think that anybody coming in would have said, hey, this is a franchise built on movies. We want to get some more spectacle in theaters. And they would have jumped at the chance to make new, highly successful Star Wars films. And really, somebody probably would have done it before now, had it not been for Lucas still having the reins and he himself as an individual not wanting to be at the helm of another trilogy of films that suck up like a decade or so of his life. Uh, so would you argue, would you agree, Mark, that as long as Lucas was in charge, we weren't going to see new films probably, but no matter who got control of it or why they got control of it once he was out of the picture, that movies were basically inevitable? I think under Lucas, the, the only film era you're going to really see mind would be that dark times. I mean, you know, we saw the Clone Wars. They put that episode together like a movie kind of thing. I could see him doing similar, like if Rebels would have been under his guidance. Uh, but otherwise, no. I mean, I had no feelings uh, or worries that there was going to be anything past Return of the Jedi under Lucas. 
once it got out of Lucas's hands? I think you, you answer the Lucas part, but what about yes. whether he dies, retires, whatever? Do you foresee anybody picking up the franchise and not trying to make movies out of it? Yeah. And after Lucas gets rid of it. Yeah. I, I think that that's a no brainer that they were going to move forward. The question of, you know, whether they were going to do what they've done rebooting and stuff, that was always going to be the question that was most pertinent to most fans that were invested. It was like, what's going to happen to what's came before, uh, especially, you know, DC and Marvel fans, you know, you're used to seeing huge reboots of story and stuff. And like, this is the new now. And, you know, a few years ago by, and there'd be a shift of powers and this is the new now. So, you know, the, the curiousness of, of if Lucas was out of the picture, who was he going to sell it to? I mean, he really made a right call selling it to Disney because Disney is more invested in, in the characters themselves than retelling the story over and over and over again. I mean, while they will tell some stories again in, in a different light, for the most part, they, they keep it character driven and character based. All right, so let's take the other side. If the movies were essentially going to be an, an inevitability, no matter who got control after Lucas, then you only really have a couple options there as well, which are essentially, are they going to make a movie that fits with Legends or doesn't fit with Legends, right? Your two options there, binary situation here. Let's say they decided they were going to keep Legends whole and they were going to make a film that somehow would fit in with Legends. To my mind, there's only three different options for them to do that. Again, flowcharting the heck out of this stuff to try to cover all the bases. One, they could adapt a story that previously existed. They could adapt the Thrawn trilogy, for instance, into films. The Jedi Academy trilogy into films and such. Uh, that option, to me, I feel like that's that was extremely unlikely. That they weren't going to try to do like a Harry Potter and adapt existing movies into a new franchise or existing stories books into a new film franchise to me a big part of the approach that they're taking with star wars is to try to build up excitement and mystery i don't know if they could do that by adapting stories that already existed where spoilers wouldn't be an issue because the stories have already been told if they're just doing straight adaptations would you think it likely that we would have seen or would see an adaptation of an existing story. That's rough because I would have wanted to see that. Um, I don't think it's likely. Uh, I think that the public at large, I, I think that whole spoiler angle, the executives being where they are, you know, oh, too much money. If people know they're not going to be wanting to invest, uh, people want answers. They're willing to pay money for answers, those kind of things. But I, I there's a, a side of me that's would love that Harry Potter angle, you know, to tell, you know, especially the new Jedi order, that would be a series that I would love to see them tackle that and tell a legend story in film form where they adapted that. Uh, but, but if they were to do it, the only way I could see them doing it is to be like a bridge, you know, we're adapting this timeless one. Like, like you said, the uh, Jedi Academy series or the hand of Thrawn or, or the Thrawn trilogy itself, you know, uh, pick a key moment that you kind of want to bridge the old and the new, tell that book story, you know, give people the idea that, well, hey, there's more books out there and then have your next trilogy be something that's set, you know, like Sword of the Jedi, you know, something that's, you know, there is no books right now. The last book we had leads up to this. So you can read those books and have a general idea of where the state, you know, the, the basically your your journey to the Force Awakens, in a sense, would be your, you know, end eras of 
legends and you would be waiting for the next trilogy to follow the first trilogy, which was the adaptation. But yeah, that's an angle that I couldn't see them going with. You know, that's just the fan pipe dream. Um, but now you, you know, we are kind of in a place where after, you know, episode seven, eight, and nine are all finished and they've all, you know, everybody has a DVD and a Blu-ray edition of it. Uh, you know, then I could see them doing a legends movie and then, you know, they could do something like that where they adapted the new Jedi order or, you know, fate of the Jedi or legacy of the force. So, you know, you could, you know, they could even come from the angle of, you know, you've seen Han and Leia's sons fall, but now witness the fall as it could have been, you know, there's so many different angles they could play once it's more a, a safe bet while they're in this, uh, you know, environment of establishing a new canon and making it grow and world building and all that. It's not safe to really be dabbling in the old universe. And I get that. I mean, I hate it as an EU fan, but I get it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to say, no, I, I don't see the the adaptation being a route that they would have gone. I see, I agree. I don't think that they would have necessarily done that. I think that an adaptation would have run into the issue of backstory. You know, if you do the the Thrawn trilogy, there's not a whole lot of backstory that you need because that was the first you know modern EU novel to be written before they drew back in all the 70s and 80s stuff. Um, but you take something like Jedi Academy trilogy, there are certain things that you need to know from previously in order to make that make sense. And it goes back to that whole you don't want people to have to read books, read comics or whatever to understand a feature film because most of your audience isn't going to see it. I would also say... Um, kind of tied into that same thing, though. I like the idea that you brought up there of doing something sort of separate. I would love for them to do something like what DC has been doing. Uh, DC had a huge success with certain major event comics, like, say, Flashpoint. And what they've done is they've taken some of those events and created animated films that are adaptations of them. And it's yeah. easy to tell, you know, that the animated films are not in the same continuity as the feature films, they're just not. That's just not the way that they're being built. I can see them doing that, and that would be an easy way for them to perhaps differentiate between one continuity and another. This one, based on Legends, has the cartoons in it, though it might confuse people with Rebels and Clone Wars, but the cartoon films at least. Uh, and then here's the live action. Um, all right, so option number two. If adaptations aren't, an, aren't something they could go with, they could do something between existing stories you suggested sort of the jedi uh, maybe they find a story like that that they could set between the end of fate of the jedi and the beginning of the legacy comic book series or maybe they find something to set in a, a gap as you mentioned earlier actually in between something within the dark times and whatnot they find a place that they could set it so that they could basically tell a story using characters that we know and love but do it in a way that's not trampling over something that's fitting in the middle. Again, to me, that, again, feels like something that, while it would be cool to see as a Legends fan, I don't think Disney would ever have done. I don't think anybody who's trying to make a new feature film would be likely to do it that way because you, again, fall back into the, well, where are you going to put it? As chock full as the continuity is, where do you find a place to put a story, especially if you're going to be using Han, Luke, and Leia at all within the story? And if you set it in some of the places that are still kind of open, like between Fate of the Jedi and Legacy, you've got a ton of backstory you have to wind up putting in there. I mean, if you introduce Jaina Solo, 
you know, the whole backstory of Jaina Solo and, hey, we, she actually had two brothers previously, but one of them wound up falling to the dark side and, and, and she had to kill him and the other one was killed during a war with the Yuzhan Vong. Who are the Yuzhan Vong? Well, they're these extra galactic invaders that Palpatine kind of knew was coming and whatnot. And, oh yeah, uh, Jason falling to the dark side. Well, that whole thing, don't worry about it. It was just, he fell to the dark side under the guidance of one of Luke's old girlfriends who was also an Imperial spy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get to that point where, I mean, we talked about plenty of times how sometimes the EU felt like it was not very accessible to new people coming in because the sheer amount of backstory. Now multiply that by making it something where you're not trying to bring someone into novels and have to go back and read other novels, but here, come in and watch this film, and now the backstory is all in these books and comics and whatnot. Though, I will, I will agree. The Force Awakens didn't provide a ton of backstory built into it, but in this case, it working with an existing continuity, I almost feel like the backstory lift they would think of as too heavy for the the, the casual movie going audience. They would have it would have been an audience limiting thing and would have been a knock against them in uh, in reviews and whatnot. Well, see, and I, I, I don't know. I come up with some examples in my head that I think could possibly work. I mean, you know, talking gaps. I mean you could tell a story that didn't focus on the big three and them during Jason's five years sojourn after the new Jedi order between darkness. And then, uh, you know, you could even tell a rogue squadron story. You could tell that during that five year gap or even better during the new Jedi order, uh, the rogue squadron, they, they played heavily at points, but they were also doing a lot of things off screen. There was around dark, uh, destiny's way. There was a point where, uh, Gavin Darklighter, uh, you know, he's got the overall reach and I believe it was Gina was flying with Rogue Squadron, but Coran Horn also had a group of Rogue Squadron. So they were using two different squadrons and pretending it was the same one. So the, the Vong thought they were striking all over the place. Uh, and, and I was always thinking, you know, that would have been a cool angle to have told, you know, what was going on with the other half of Rogue Squadron, you know, what Koran's group was doing. But there's so many stories that you could tell during the New Jedi Order that weren't told in book about Rogue Squadron, for example. Perfect example. Wouldn't, you know, you could have characters like Wedge. In saying that, though, what you're describing, at least, and this is sort of my my concept of the way that you're saying this, is almost more films like Rogue One or like the Han Solo anthology film that's coming rather than something like a sequel trilogy, something that because the big three are so busy in so many different eras and we kind of know what they're doing, except in that gap between fate of the Jedi and legacy where some or all of them must die that you would have to tell a story far away from them in order to try to make it fit within those eras. I think that is one of the, and I'll, mention this also when we get to our option number three for legends here i think that's the killer i think mm. unless unless lucas had retained control until he died and he lives another 20 years or something and then it were to happen as long as harrison ford carrie fisher and mark hamill were still alive i don't see anyone making a post return of the jedi star wars movie that doesn't include one two or all three of them as for that nostalgia factor and to link the stories together generationally. And mm-hmm. and because of that, that's where I kind of say, I don't think one of these between things would have been likely. They may have been able to pull it off, but the further you get away from that main storyline, 
for from a business standpoint, I almost feel like the the business person would think that takes away some of the appeal that might draw in people who were fond of the other films. It'll be interesting to see how the numbers compare and the reviews and audience reactions compare between The Force Awakens and Rogue One once it comes out later this year. Yeah, well, see, I was thinking like you could take the key moments like when Jaina joins Rogue Squadron, for example. You know, then you could introduce a character you know, a new actress to play Jaina, but you could have Leia show up to give Gavin the dress down kind of thing. I mean, you could have Luke, like, for example, as, you know, a little background screen shot where he's talking about what the new Jedi Order is doing, you know, to the military. Uh, You know, I mean, there's a couple angles you could play, but yeah, there's that angle of they're going to want those people back. And I know, you know, the EU, when they put those characters on the covers, they went out of their way not to use the likenesses of Harrison Ford uh, and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. They went out of their way to make it look like the original characters from the film had aged, not the actors and actresses themselves. And so I, I, you know, that's that angle that there was always that separation that I always feel like, you know, they had to do what they did in making the EU legends I just wish they wouldn't have put legends on hold. You know, I mean, they, they've invested a lot of fans too. have invested their time and money into that story as well as the people that were creating all of it. And it's just one of those things. It feels, it still feels like a slap on the hand or a slap to the face to have that just be put off, set off to the, you know, museum side. Like, Oh yeah, you can come and look at it and enjoy it in its museum shelf and all that and take the ride and all that, but you're never going to see it grow. I mean, we did see some of those stories, as we've said in the past episodes, you know, in E format. But come on, man, we want to see some more books still eventually. Okay, before we jump over to the telling stories that don't fit with legends, the other option I would say for a story that they could have told in movie form to fit with legends, the third option here would be something that's kind of far flung, that is so far removed from everything else that it's completely continuity inoffensive to tell the story, like telling a story perhaps between Dawn of the Jedi and Tales of the Jedi, right? Or telling a story that is in the far, 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 far future. Something that because of when it's set or where it's set, what part of the galaxy it's set in, doesn't need to reference anything else in order to stand alone. But again, to me, I think that also kind of goes back to the whole thing of, well, if they're trying to build on this as a film series and they want to have those connections to previous films you got the issue of well what about you know what's going on with han luke and leia at this point are we going to try to bring the original actors in and if so that kind of limits the time frame in which it can go in and it would have been kind of awesome to see maybe a story of darth ruin you know Phanius leaving the jedi order becoming darth ruin in the beginning of this of that era of sith wars but would that have had the same draw as hey we're doing something set after the movies you've seen with the original actors back in supporting roles with this new generation. Um, I think that the between and the far flung could have been done. I think from a business decision-making standpoint, I don't think that those would have been, I don't know that they would have been seen as viable options. They certainly wouldn't have been seen from a business standpoint as the best options, but I wonder if Disney would even have thought of them as viable options given the so-called homework involved or not being able to bring back the original three. Again, I think this would be a very different conversation if we were having this about a change that happened 20 years from now rather than something happening now while Lucas is still around and the actors are still alive. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things about the far flung angle that I wasn't thinking about, I was like thinking, well, you know, kind of like how the Endor films almost did it. Like they tried being, you know, set far enough out on their own little thing that they weren't really going to affect the tree of continuity. But I was thinking, you know, like in the aspect of how certain rebels episodes kind of just do their own thing and the clone wars episodes that would do their own thing. You know, you'd go to a planet that just hadn't been touched by the main galaxy or the main story plot until Anakin and Obi-Wan stepped foot on the planet. Uh, but you know, you could easily have books and stories that are set like on some Imperial outpost or even a planet that's not even been touched by the empire. Like these guys are so far removed. They've never even dealt with anything. And you could say it was earth or any other planet or, you know, I mean, you could even say, this isn't even a star Wars movie. I think that that's possible. Uh, but the examples you said with like Darth, uh, ruin and stuff, the far flung eras and stuff. Uh, I think that that's definitely a angle that they could work with more, uh, especially, you know, if you're keeping it within legends, there are plenty of spaces and gaps in that regard that you could go where it wouldn't be affecting much. But in the aspect of a new canon, I mean, they could still do that. I mean, we still haven't seen or heard anything about old KOTOR type stories. I mean, we've seen, you know, the word Malachar being tossed around in rebels and everybody's like, wait, whoa, what? Uh, but they could easily do stuff like that, like a Darth Bane story in canon right now. But if they were keeping the legend stuff, there's so many of those gaps in old stories and stuff that even only West End Games uh, really provided some little tidbits here and there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that they created that was never expanded upon. I don't think we'd see in story group canon, I don't think we're going to see something going back to like the KOTOR era, because I doubt that the KOTOR era stuff has any existence within canon. I'm thinking that based on what Lucas has said, our thought process for the new canon has to be, well, until they tell us otherwise, there's only ever been this one order of Sith. There wouldn't have been multiple, so you wouldn't have a KOTOR era, Tor era, Tales of the Jedi and such. But we'll see. I'd love to see them dig into some of the early aspects and give us some origins. I'd also say with the Ewok films, even they ran into their own issues, but that just has to do with whether or not the Ewoks can speak English or basic. <laughs> uh, I, let me ask you this before we move on to the nope side thing. The, uh, the what if they told a story like they did with The Force Awakens that doesn't fit Legends, what options did they have? I kind of feel like in these options that we're talking about... Legends is almost a victim of its own success. It grew so large that even by the time Legends was kind of reaching the point in the last five years uh, where things started to shift, you started to see more stories in far-flung eras, more stories in unusual genres, and you also tended to see stories being put out that were fluff, complete freaking fluff. Because they were trying to make it accessible, or it was clashing with previous continuity and fluff, like what Brian Wood did with Star Wars Volume 2. I wonder if perhaps, in a sense, because Legends became as deep as it was, as interconnected as it was, with stories ranging thousands upon thousands of years, and in the span of just the eras of the films, tons and tons of stories cramming every year to the point where the characters probably didn't have time to go to the bathroom, or the refresher in Legends, um... Maybe it sort of created its own problem when it came time for more films, because I think about the prequels. The prequels were able to fit into the continuity that already existed out there, in part because when the original agreement was made to launch the official continuity, to launch what's now Legends back in 91, they were told the prequel era is off limits. And then when the prequels got made, they were able to fit in with just a few minor tweaks and retcons here and there, and everything was fine. Whereas 
With Clone Wars, it was the opposite, right? Clone Wars was kept off limits. Then in comes Attack of the Clones. The limits are taken off. Tons of stories are told in that era. Then Lucas decides to come in himself after the fact, and you get a massive wrecking ball that just turns the Clone Wars era into a complete effing mess that makes no sense and has no way of actually fitting together anymore because stories already existed and they tried to shoehorn in something that was just too large and too different to fit with what had already been produced. It writ large, in a sense, isn't that kind of what we were running into with the Legends continuity? That if we wanted Legends to stay whole, almost any option with a movie, if it was going to have an impact, ran the risk of shattering something because it was just so big and had so many time frames already full of stories that that it, it limited their options. At least it seems like well, that to me. It's it's grand and it's great and it's wonderful, but it's also restrictive if you're trying to tell something entirely new with characters who've been around the block a million times. Yeah, it def- that's that money angle that, you know, there's so many more options with the angle they went. Uh, one that really jumps ahead, and I, I, I want to know what you really think, but what if one of the new films that they would have said if it was in Legends still, what if it was about, Cade Skywalker post Legacy Volume 2. You know, they could have come from the angle of, you know, Luke Skywalker or Anakin Skywalker's great great grandson or, you know, something like that and moved on, you know, talking about legends and generations and, you know, then played up from there because the Legacy comic era and that story had its own following for the people that were able to, you know, touch on it and get a taste of it. Most of them really liked what it was. Yeah, and Legacy is my favorite Star Wars comic series of any continuity, hands down. Uh, I think that kind of thing would have been fun to see, and I do think that that also falls into the same kind of thing as I was mentioning before, like, give it 20 years, and that would have been something probably viable because there wouldn't have been that, oh, well, these actors are still around, so I'm going to draw them in, Uh Unless they tried to do it with the prequel actors or something, in which case the time period would have meant, you know, we're talking only Force Ghosts and that sort of thing. Uh, in theory, it should have only been Force Ghosts if they tried to do it with, you know, a post-Legacy story with Luke, because we've seen him as a Force Ghost in Legacy. It's just, I guess it comes down to that whole how much they're trying to build on the nostalgia factor versus sort of starting to put a new stamp on it. There's a lot of the criticisms about The Force Awakens is how heavily it plays on the nostalgia. And I think that the nostalgia worked. But that's just another thing factoring into their decision-making process if they're trying to make a, a film that could somehow fit Legends. Um, well, and, and the actors, because of the fact that they wanted to use those actors, that did kind of wedge and tie their hands in the aspect of, well, we've got to pick a time frame when they were going to be this age. And that mm-hmm. also is kind of what killed Legends because, well, we want to have Chewie. And if we keep him this age, Chewie's already dead. No, we're going to have to go with another universe, guys. And remember, 800 years old is the new 40 because they're all getting pretty up there in the Legends continuity. All right, so let's say they have the option. Okay, they decided they're not going to do an adaptation. They're not going to set something between that's going to require people to do homework. They're not going to go in and make something in a far-flung era so they can't use the actors, et cetera, et cetera. So very unlikely, more at least as far as a business standpoint, that Disney was ever going to choose to set a film within the Legends continuity. More than likely, I would argue, if they were going to set a film within the Legends continuity, it would have been more of a Lucas approach of, here's a film to set in the continuity. Now the continuity can deal with it rather than necessarily taking the continuity into account when they did it, uh, which was a big 
question mark, a big concern whenever they first announced it. Because remember, folks, they didn't announce the whole new canon versus legends thing until well after they had already done the announcement about Disney taking over and there's going to be an episode seven. So there's a, a period of, of kind of freak out there. But let's say they're going to do something like they did with The Force Awakens. They're going to tell a new story they want to tell. Again, I think this goes back to different options of, well, then, what do you do? I foresee three. One is you do a full-fledged reboot like what they did. You say, okay, we're going to build a new film and a new franchise, all these new stories, all these new movies we're going to make based on just the old movies and the Clone Wars, or maybe even just the old movies and dump the Clone Wars, whatever. But we're going to take the core of what makes Star Wars Star Wars that everything else has grown out of and essentially plant that seed in new soil and see what grows out of it this time, in a sense. Okay, so full reboot. Or they could do partial rebooting. Or they could do a wrecking ball. We'll come back to the partial rebooting in a second. The wrecking ball is what we've seen. And I, th I feel like the wrecking ball is the absolute worst case scenario to me. Because I've seen them change continuity and do retcons from time to time. We've seen the special editions come in and change certain things. We've seen the prequels come in and change little things here and there. But the Clone Wars is the absolute... To me, the cautionary tale of Star Wars and continuity. When you have something come in that is of a higher canonicity, canon level, that just comes in and smashes through something that already exists and was meticulously planned and makes a mess of what it shattered, but also in and of itself, by, by its very nature of being part of that continuity, having to somehow fit together with everything else, just spreads the mess a bit. Like it was a, a container full of water, and now that you've shattered the vase full of water, not only is the vase shattered, but now the water is getting all over other stuff. Um, to me, Lucas's approach to the Clone Wars was the epitome of irresponsibility with existing continuity. But you've got that aspect of, in that case, because of the tiered levels of canon, he's got every right to do it, and from a canon level... His T-Cannon stuff has every authority to stomp all over C-Cannon stuff. Um, I personally would not have wanted to see The Force Awakens come in and they say, okay, we're going to set this 30 years after Jedi. Oh, you've already got stories there? All right, well, here it comes. Boom, shattered. Goodbye, Legacy of the Force. Goodbye, Fate of the Jedi. Goodbye, Legacy, Volume 1, Volume 2, and such. We're just going to smash it on here and smush it in. It's going to fit whether you like it or not, and we're going to retcon the hell out of stuff around it to try to make this new sequel story we want to tell fit without necessarily taking into account what was already there, which tended to be Lucas's way of doing it with uh, the prequels to some extent and with the Clone Wars for sure. Um, we'll come back to the partial reboot, reboot thing, but what do you think about the wrecking ball approach and to me worst case scenario is is there a valid argument for the wrecking ball approach being a good thing what do you think about that approach man i don't know how anyone could have a good approach to the wrecking ball i, I think the only way the wrecking ball works is in the angle of an alternate universe you know taking and and flat out saying well, like the walking dead you know i mean it's doing wrecking ball like things, but you know that they're doing that because they told you beforehand. I think that's the big thing with why it's such a wrecking ball is because all we were getting is, well, eventually we're going to make it all work. And it's like, well, that wasn't the case at all. So yes, that was totally a wrecking ball and that didn't work. 
but if you know it's going to be an alternate universe and you're going to take things from it and just smash it up and then relay it out in a new way, uh, you know, knowing that that's what's happening, it's exciting because you're like, okay, well, what's going to be different about it? Uh, when you don't have that knowledge and stuff and it's not something being created new out of the old stuff and this is supposed to be the canon, you know, it, it's it's hard to build a house on quicksand, you know, or shifting sands. And that's kind of what it felt like at times when the base level that's supposed to be solid and immovable is changing and shifting uh, and, and granted, you know, arguably most of the changes, most of the times were all small and little. Uh, most of them are ones that only most, you know, the, the quote unquote fanboys are, are complaining about, uh, ones that drive me up a wall, you know, little things like that, things that are really irrelevant, mostly to the big scheme of things. But, you know, when you start looking at them all over, you know, the big landscape that is legends, it starts taking up a bigger picture and you're like, wow, there's a lot of holes here. This tapestry is pretty tattered and pretty worn out. And when most of those came from Lucas, you know, yeah, it's got that, that angle of where you feel a little bit disrespected by, you know, the franchise by the creator of it. You know, that's one of those angles that was always just weird for me to just kind of try to sit there and fathom. I think the, the alternate continuity thing you're saying, I, I, that's to me, that's not a wrecking ball approach. That's a reboot, right? That That's a, we're going to create a separate continuity. It'll be either very similar or completely different than what we came before, but it's going to be separate. Like Walking Dead, the comic continuity and the TV continuity, completely different things. They're essentially different alternate universes that follow similar patterns and so forth. I would uh, equate it with something like uh, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan versus Star Trek Into Darkness. Similar elements, but they're completely different continuities told different ways. Yeah. Um, now, the, it's funny you mentioned the foundation thing. It's interesting, and, and I think this is a mindset that a lot of Legends fans, myself included, share that really wasn't a logically accurate mindset <laughs> in that it's supposed to be that the films are the foundation of Legends, or in the case of Legends now, the films and the Clone Wars are the foundation. And then on top of that foundation, that bedrock, is all this other stuff, novels, comics, you know, Dawn of the Jedi, Tales of the Jedi, uh, Thrawn trilogy, whatever. I think because we spent so long with most of our access to Star Wars coming through books and comics and video games and such, and it got so in-depth and so interconnected that we sort of flipped the model, that mentally we were thinking of sea canon as the foundation. And the films just happened to be these points at which it jumped up into slightly more authoritative territory. But it was as though the Clone Wars and the films were resting on top of a foundation of the rest of the universe that we knew through Legends, even though from a logical standpoint of how canon works, that wasn't really accurate as a way of thinking about it. But that's the mindset, which is probably another reason why we had such a visceral reaction to the idea of them changing things. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I mean, the way I always looked at it was like the sea cannon was the whole house sitting on top of the concrete. Uh, and, you know, like, so when the Clone Wars was going to Mandalore, uh, well, well, first we'll go Ryloth, you know. So they go to Ryloth and suddenly the planet's no longer tide locked and all those elements are just kind of stripped away. And arguably you could say, well, you know, maybe we were seeing like one section, you know, maybe it's still, you know, maybe they didn't show enough to to throw that off. 
regardless, the foundation, the concrete for that wing of the house that everything we know about Ryloth in Legends has shifted. So now you're like, okay, there's all these cracks in the wall. You know, you're looking at the cracks and you're just like, man, I hope this doesn't shift more so this whole wing collapses. And then comes Mandalore, you know, and you see that vast expanse and everyone's like, wait, that doesn't look like Mandalore. And you're like, wow, the whole Mandalore wings cements looking a little uh, shaky here. And then you get like a guidebook that says, yeah, this is what the whole planet looks like. And you're like, really? Did you have to say the whole planet? Like, you, you know, like, wow, that crack just got real damn big. And the whole, the whole foundation over there just shifted because, you know, we, we had to do this on a Clone Wars show. And then you'd have different angles that were constantly throwing different changes in that, the house just kept shifting and you're looking at this house that you bought that you were like, it's such a nice house. And I love this wing over here that I can play with whenever I want, or I can go over to the Sith wing or the Jedi corner over here. And, you know, and then when the, the cannon levels or the cannon levels, when cannon itself would shift, when the clone wars would change these different things, you're like, well, okay, well then, all right, well, what was built on that before is now changed. So, and you just watch the house that you knew you thought you knew it shift and change. And, and I don't know, it's, for me, that was kind of the angle I was coming at, but you're right on the angle of the wrecking ball. I I'm using that one totally wrong. It isn't, you know, Lucas is the, I think Lucas is the only one that could do the wrecking ball. <laughs> and I think that there's a, a large group of fans that are having a hard time honoring or respecting or acknowledging that because of that $4.4 billion exchange that Disney now should be offered the same rights that we gave Lucas. Um, and I, I mean, I, that could even very well be an argument mm -hmm. that fills up a whole episode in and of itself. <laughs> oh, and, th and that I think is where uh, I, we actually had to ban some people or I have to had to ban some people over on the the Star Wars Time and Gold's page because I finally got to a point where spreading false information and intellectually dishonest BS and cussing out literally cussing out other fans who dislike what you like was not going to be tolerated on it anymore. That you know what, that we're that there are people who go there for help, go there for answers to questions, go there to kind of discuss the actual continuities as they exist, that I wasn't going to put up with a bunch of false crap. And what you would wind up with is people saying, well, Disney didn't have any right to do this. And that's bunk, right? The owner of the franchise gets to decide what is real or not for that franchise as long as it is a continuing saga. And it's not in the public domain. If it was in the public domain, people could do whatever. It's like Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is all over the place. All kinds of different continuities. All kinds of different interpretations of it. It's been in the public domain for a while. Um, Star Wars was owned by Lucas and Lucasfilm. They could do what they wanted with it. Now it's owned by Disney who owns Lucasfilm. They can do whatever they want to do with it. We may not agree with it, but from a, the standpoint of who has the right to change it and whose d decisions are we stuck with, whether we like them or not or respect them or not, is Disney. Um, which is something that a lot of fans haven't been able to really get over. Uh, but again, think of it as it's the equivalent of Disney and the story group are essentially a collective version of Lucas. All the stuff that we expected Lucas to do, all the things that Lucas did, that's the role that these people are in, except they're taking a more active role than Lucas himself ever really took. In Legends, he tended to sign off on some big things and get suggestions and, and they run certain things by him whenever they might do something that's kind of out there like killing Chewbacca. But he wasn't involved in day to day checking and proofing things. You know, when I wrote for Star Wars Tales, my story never wound up in front of Lucas as far as I know. Um, it just kind of the way that it worked. But now you've got this active group that's overseeing 
But the decision-making process is with them and with Disney. It's not with Lucas, and it's not with us, unless we're talking personal canon, in which case, you know, the rules kind of go out the window. So the last point I would make as a possibility, and then I've got a question to ask, is what if they did a partial reboot? That's what we were expecting kind of in the beginning. Before they said they were ever going to go legends and canon and separate things out, when they had first announced the idea of there being a sequel trilogy, our assumption was this means that at some point after Return of the Jedi, maybe even immediately after Return of the Jedi, we're going to see a clean slate. We're going to see a continuity get rebooted, but not the whole thing. Then instead it'd almost be like a the continuity is a Y. The bottom of the Y, everything is going together as it gets up to Return of the Jedi, and as soon as you hit Jedi... We're sending off in two different directions, possibly. Uh, the question I think it begs there is when would they have done it? And the more I thought about that, the more I thought that a partial reboot might not have made sense. Because where are you going to cut it? Do you cut it where we get to The Force Awakens? Well, you can't really do that. Because if you cut it there, the Yuuzhan Vong invasion and all that stuff has, has still happened. Han and Leia have had three children, one of which at that point is dead. And they didn't want to do it that way. The Jedi Academy hasn't been putting out a new Jedi Order. Okay, so roll it back a little bit. Maybe you take it to when the Jedi Academy was founded in the first place, so they can then have it fall apart within a year or two years or five years or whatever. Well, no, because you're still dealing with the Han and Leia's children thing. And you roll it back and say, well, okay, let's take it back to, to, you know, when they were born in the Thrawn trilogy. No, but Han and Leia and their marriage and the timing of it is different now. So, okay, we'll roll it back to a year after. Well, okay, but a year after, you're still dealing with a little bit of differences because you got this change of when is it that there's a treaty signed with the, the Empire and so forth. Okay, fine. Let's take it all the way back to Return of the Jedi. Fine. We're just going to pick up with Jedi, whole new continuity afterward. That works until you start doing a film like Rogue One. And all of a sudden, you're changing things even earlier. And it also, to me, begs the question, what do you do with all the stuff that either straddles the time frames or that was only existing because of the time frames? Like, for instance, what do you do with the cross current? Does the entire thing go? Is it just the future part that's gone? And if, if that's the case, what happens to all the characters who zip into the future back in the earlier part of the book? Um, what about uh, books that don't need to exist anymore? Rogue Planet was essentially a prelude or a prologue to what we got with the new Jedi Order. It was all about setting up the Yuuzhan Vong and Verger. Does that story still exist? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. There's there's all these different connections now, which is one of the beautiful things that Legends managed to do was to have these intergenerational connections. But those intergenerational connections also mean that if you do a partial reboot that just picks up at the end of Return of the Jedi, you've got a lot of stuff that may have to be pushed aside from the earlier items. And then you throw in the idea that maybe... In canon, in, in Lucas's mind, in Disney's mind, there's only ever been one Sith Order. Goodbye, the Old Republic. Goodbye, Knights of the Old Republic. Goodbye, Tales of the Jedi. Goodbye, uh, Darth Bane books, possibly, depending on how they reference past materials. So, to me, a partial reboot would have still would have been better than a wrecking ball. But I think a partial reboot would have just led to a whole lot of confusion. What's in, what's out, what counts, what doesn't. Um, does this book count because it references this thing? Okay, well, what if it references something that's in something that's now gone? Does that count? Does it not? It feels like that would have been a bigger mess to try to deal with and explain. And we've already seen what happens when they got a couple different continuities working at the same time and trying to explain what fits and what doesn't because of the Clone Wars. So I would argue partial reboot would have been a bigger mess 
and more detrimental to Legends than to simply do a pure reboot, let Legends exist as its own continuity, not getting wrecking balled, not getting partially rebooted, just set aside as another continuity, and just copy and paste Clone Wars and the films over to be the foundation of this new continuity and let it grow. At which point, the main question comes down to whether or not to trust readers to be intelligent enough to be able to tell, oh, this is labeled Legends, this isn't? Oh, there are two continuities. They can actually exist and grow at the same time without us being too stupid to tell them apart, just like Lucas thought we were too stupid to tell apart two Anakins, so they had to kill Anakin Solo instead of Jason Solo in the New Jedi Order. Give some credit to the audience, maybe you can have a reboot and have both growing at the same time, but I don't see any other... Of all the alternatives, it seems like the reboot was the one alternative that if they were going to keep Legends whole and kind of scoot it off to the side, doing that almost feels like the only choice they were boxed into. Every choice we run into just narrows it down to that one, it seems like to me. I don't see them having much in the way of other viable business options going forward. Yeah, in the partial realm, the only one that I thought of that jumped to my head, and it's one that they could still find out that they've done, is doing it from anything pre-Old Republic, you know, before episode one. Anything that came before episode one can stay. Um, you know, sometime, like maybe they do like 30 years before episode one or something like that so they can get those stories that were meant to tie in. But basically, keep the Old Republic eras. Uh, you know, I mean, we've had Rebels reference Malachor, which I was wondering, you know, is that like a reference to Malachor 5? Are they going to do some kind of angle there uh, where they retell that kind of story? Uh, because, you know, the thing about what's going on with Legends being Legends now and, you know, you get comments like, well, we're not going to reinvent the wheel. Uh, they're not reinventing the galaxy. And it's like, well, so what things are coming over? What things are considered canon? You know, like Kashyyyk, we know it's there because we saw it in the films. But what about in these maps and stuff? Which planets are the ones that you guys are planning on continuing to bring over? And which ones are getting left behind? You know, Willif Tarkin, him having the, the name Willif come over. That came over. You know, I mean, there are things like that that are still coming over. And as they come over, it's like, well, which things, you know, when you're going to be like, you know, a creative person, what are the elements you're supposed to be able to draw from? Which things are you not supposed to be drawing from? And where is that line? And I think that's the hardest thing right now is determining that uh, and and the rules that they have in place. Um, Pablo has been sharing some great stuff from uh, back in the day from the West End games and some other role-playing stuff that had all these great rules for if you were going to be writing and playing in the Star Wars universe. And it just, it, it cracks me up because that's like the one element right now that we're kind of like, well, what's really going on? We know story groups in charge. We know they're kind of like the new George Lucas, uh, but we really don't know what exactly they're playing with in the sandbox. And we don't know which toys from the old sandbox are coming over and which ones are a given aren't. Some are obvious. You know, you're not going to be getting Jaina Solo anytime soon. <laughs> you know, that's pretty dang obvious. You know, Jason Solo, uh-uh, I ain't seeing him. Anakin Solo, nope. <laughs> but Mara Jade? We could see a Mara Jade still technically. I mean, might won't be the same Mara Jade, but... I don't know that there's so many angles like that, that I'm still, I'm still curious about and, you know, wanting to know where they're going to go with it next. What's going to come over, what name's going to make the jump next, you know, which tip of the hat are we going to see on the next film or the next episode of rebels? Oh man, I would 
Okay, I wouldn't kill. I wouldn't actually kill. But I'd kind of want to kill to get my hands on one of those style guides from 94 that Pablo's been showing the clips from. I would love to have one of those in the collection. It's just, it fascinates me, the idea that, that aside from having sort of a Bible of this is how you're going to write, it had all the distinctions of don't do this. Like, don't don't say something is the greatest something because eventually somebody else will probably create something bigger, inspired by yours and such. That I would love to see that. So let me ask you this then, because this, I think, to me, would possibly have made all the difference in the world in how the transition from Legends to this new story group-driven canon would have been perceived. I think back to other reboots that we've seen. Take, um, like, DC is a good example. Crisis on Infinite Earths, Zero Hour, Flashpoint, which I loved leading into the new 52. Every time they did some kind of big reboot... They gave us some big explosive event series or some type of major culmination of stories that then kicked off the reboot. Now, granted, with Star Wars, we probably would never have seen a time travel story like what they did with J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, where it's this big event movie and the time travel that happens in the movie is what kicks off this reboot of a certain chunk of that timeline. But I'm thinking in terms of just an ending. If they had said, okay... We've got six months left before we launch this new canon with A New Dawn, or Blade Squadron, as the case may be. Um, So here's what we're going to do in this next six months. We're going to tell you the last major adventures of Legends and give you this awesome novel series, this one big culminating novel, kind of like what uh, uh, Crucible was supposed to be and turned out to be a complete bust in that regard. Uh, we're going to give you this comic series that starts to wrap things up. We're going to answer a bunch of your unanswered questions, give you the endings and the where are they now type things for a lot of characters that you want to know the, the fates of. And we're going to end this on a massive, awesome, strong note. And that will be putting the final punctuation on Legends before we start something new. I think if they have shown the respect to Legends of not just making it something that can be drawn from, but making it something that really kind of had its own ending, its own climactic conclusion uh, in some kind of big publishing event, even if it was just, you know, a novel or two, some comics, something to really give it a crowning end point. I think that would have made it a lot easier for a lot of people to swallow the idea of Legends is its own continuity. Now we've got this new canon continuity that was starting off fresh. You end the first thing before you start the second thing. You know what I mean? I think that would have made a huge difference in the impression that was made when the change happened. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that would have been the Sith. And by Sith, I mean rearrange those letters a little bit. Uh, If they would have gave us a The End series, you know, uh, where you put that title on each of the books that you give us, you know, give us Sword of the Jedi. Let that be the last of the Luke uh, and the next generation characters kind of thing. Um, you know, you could even start that book, you know, you could still do a trilogy of books, have the first book kind of, you know, tuck Luke and Han and Leia in for, you know, their roles, you know, and Luke would go on and do something as the grand master of the order and princess Leia finally got her blah, blah, blah. You know, they, or they could even do that at the very end of the, the last book, uh, where they do something like that, where they give you like a, a, a flash forward kind of thing. But then you could have a comic that's doing the same thing where they wrap up all the different stories that were out there. You know, you could get wrap ups to like uh, Republic Commando, 
the game, what happened to Sev. Uh, you could tie in, you know, the stuff that, you know, Karen Travis was planning on doing and have stuff like that in just quick little panels of stuff. And you could do all sorts of, you know, from one end of the era to the other. You could have Hondo Carr and the Mandalorians in the legacy era. You could touch on what Cade Skywalker is doing, what, uh, you know, the, the solo grandchild's doing, uh, what happened with Alana Solo. There's so many different things that they could have done, but doing it as a The End series would have been a great way to have, have set it off. And, I think that that would have probably been the only way you could have got those fans that really loved Legends and are having a hard time even looking at anything with a Disney logo. I think that was the only way you could have got them in your camp. I think what you did was, you know, you could have been best of friends or the worst of enemies and you chose the letter. It just, it, it it's one of those things where I'm like, I, sh- I hang my head and like, you know, you could have, you could have done great Disney. You did good, but you could have done great. Now, the aspect like you were talking about, about changing the continuity from like a Trek standpoint, they could have done something flow walking, you know, had like maybe Luke go back and flow walk back in time or something where, you know, he talks to Vader and or talks to him, a young him, his version of himself and it changes events or he goes back even farther and talks to a young Obi-Wan Kenobi or Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, I mean, and then you could do something like that where, you know, that Luke made a change and therefore that Luke never existed in that timeline and a new timeline spun out of it. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's a real convoluted way of going about it. And I guess that comes into that question of, you know, which is more convoluted, you know, coming up with reasons to make it work or the fact that you have to get some answers to the force awakens in the book and the audiobook, or, you know, other angles because it wasn't all in the film. Uh, you know, cause I, I think no matter what, there's a no win scenario. Uh, you know, JJ did good, but I, I, I know he dropped the ball in some areas and there are some fans that will never forgive him for where he dropped the ball. Uh, but I don't know, man, there's, there's angles there. And I just, I wonder which would have been the bigger hurdle in the end. Now that we know, you know, what tripped up JJ, with the force awakens with the plot points and the editing choices and such, would it have been easier to have done some of these examples that Nate has brought up? I guess in my case, personally, I guess I I sort of consider myself somewhat lucky in that for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I've been into other science fiction sagas that have done reboots or have multiple continuities that are no have no connection to each other. You know, early Masters of the Universe, later Masters of the Universe, uh, all the different Transformers continuities, the many convoluted, constantly changing constant continuities, it seems like, of Highlander. Um, to me, I'm, I'm not that concerned with the idea of having alternate continuities. That doesn't bother me with Star Wars. To me, the fact that there was one major continuity and now there's this another alternate one, okay, it's just another because I think of all those stories that were told that were apocryphal or stories that were infinities, and they were kind of their own continuities too. It's just they never got the kind of expansion that now we're getting with canon or that Legends got. So to me, the idea of many different continuities based off of one film series isn't a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. It's unfortunate that Legends isn't able to continue to grow beyond the little trickle that it is. But I'm able to enjoy both. Do I think that the new canon has lived up to Legends yet? No, absolutely not. 
I think The Force Awakens, I loved the film. It's my favorite Star Wars film at this point. I loved Lost Stars. Uh, Dark Disciple was really, really good. Um, I really like Rebels. But I look at the other stuff that's been released, and some of it's good, some of it's blah, and I've yet to really see anything that feels truly epic. Like the Thrawn trilogy, for instance, did, or the Hand of Thrawn duology uh, at the time, or New Jedi Order, Legacy of the Force. It just sort of feels like, so far, there isn't the same oomph to the, a lot of the newer stuff as there was to the earlier stuff, when it was being produced a lot of times as trilogies and as series rather than uh, than standalones. So, for I guess, I, like I said, I'm fortunate in that I can enjoy both. I, I'm able to get my mind in the mindset of being able to say, this is one, this is the other. Now there's two sandboxes to play in. I'm enjoying this. I can enjoy this other thing without feeling like they have to be rivals and I have to choose one or the other. I think of it more, almost more like, you know, you don't choose your favorite child and neglect one and spend a lot of time with the other. At least you shouldn't. Um, (laughs) It's about a balance. You know, Jedi philosophy, right? It's about balance. In this case, actual balance. A love for one doesn't mean that you can't have love for the other. These are not mutually exclusive things. Um, though, I guess that is an unintended lead-in, the idea of mutually exclusive things, to the other half of our topic this time, which deals with where it is that The Force Awakens did tend to mirror Legends and where there were significant changes from the Legends continuity uh, by way of essentially sort of a compare and contrast type thing to use some teacher words here. Yeah, it's it was cool because, you know, of my children, one of the children's names carried over to canon only because I named him slightly after a canon character already. Uh, and that was our child that we lost, Ben. So I was kind of like, hey, there's a Ben Solo. And it was cool because, you know, having the, the grandchild of Anakin Skywalker be Ben Solo, you still have the name Ben carrying across. But the character is still, you know. It could be Jason Solo. It could be Anik or Ben Skywalker. You know, there are angles of those characters from Legends that that Ben could portray. Uh, or even Anakin Solo, really. I mean, that's one of the cool angles, too, about it. It's like, well, he's still a grandchild of a Skywalker, so all the grandchildren of Skywalker, those traits could be reminiscent in this one character. Uh, so that's kind of cool. When we see Han and Leia's son fall to the dark side, that's very reminiscent to what we see with Jason when he becomes Darth Cadus. Uh, you know, there are angles of it that are different. Like I was thinking about the fact that, okay, you know, we see Ben stab his father, Jason, the same type of act that Jason does. He fires the Anakin solo star destroyer on the millennium Falcon and donuts it. He shoots through the top and out the bottom through the turrets and it ends up killing uh, Leia's last Nagri bodyguards. I, I think after that point, she refuses him and won't take any more. But his intent at that moment was to kill his parents. He was trying to blow them out of the sky uh, and just happened to perfectly thread the needle through the, you know, the, the quad cannons and, and took them out instead. But, yeah, there were, there were all those moments. I mean, when you think about the fact that when Han left Chewie behind, it was on a planet that blew up and they weren't able to get his body back in the end. We see Chewie flying the Falcon away and we see Han left behind on a planet that blows up. I mean, there were so many different angles for, you know, me as a Legends fan that I was like, oh, cool. Okay, cool. And I was like you, Nate, like I was, I was worried, you know, that it was going to be something that I, I wouldn't be able to fathom or, or accept or embrace. But the multiverse angles of all, and you named all, all so many that I loved. But yeah, you know, those angles are something that 
I like to embrace as well. Uh, Ninja Turtles had a recent movie that did something similar where it had one of the new cartoons going all the way back to the, you know, 79 or 78 version, the early stuff of them, the early cartoons. And then it tied into all the films. I was like, nice. I like a good multiverse angle, man. Now think about the things that come together. I mean, the, the solo sun going dark was probably the biggest one that stood out to me. The idea that Han and Leia got together, solo sun goes dark. Uh, there comes a point where something happens that drives a wedge between that married couple and they kind of go off their separate ways. And in this case, they never really get a chance to truly come back together, whereas in Legends they did because Han survived to do so. Um, the idea of Luke setting up a Jedi Academy. It went differently here. It ended differently, but J Luke goes off to set up a new Jedi Academy. We have uh, the passing along of Luke's lightsaber in this case of course it gets discovered by the empire and winds up eventually getting into the hands of maz kanata and then finn and then ray but prior to that of course we had the recovery in uh in the emperor's trophy we had it used by luke the clone skywalker in the thrawn trilogy we had it handed off to mara jade and so on and so on so luke's original saber that actually belonged to anakin skywalker and the fact that it it was continually handed off playing a role. Um, the super weapon of the week. We're back to early Bantam days in a sense. Oh, you had the Death Star and the Death Star 1. You want something more badass? Let me show you Starkiller Base. Or let me show you the Sun Crusher. Let me show you the Death Star prototype. Let me show you the Darksaber. And so on and so on. Heck, in the Old Republic Lost Suns comic, there's, a, there's like a fleet of super weapons. It's just that most of them get destroyed by the end of the story. Uh, so the idea of super weapons of the week, kind of a big thing um, to be able to have another super weapon back. Uh, the idea of an ace pilot in a sense, sort of like a rogue squadron type pilot in the fate in, in the persona of Poe Dameron, um, an Imperial who crosses over to the rebels based on what he saw in his own combat, which you see plenty of times, uh, most notably in soon tier fell and here mm -hmm. in, Finn. And the one that didn't strike me until fairly recently, uh, within minutes of us getting ready to discuss this topic, a lone girl whose family appears to be gone, who comes from a desert world, who will train to be a Jedi, Rey and Tahiri Vela. Oh. There are, there's so many parallels that you can sort of see either influences or we're dealing with a situation where because the saga is sort of organic in the way that it grows, certain places that the minds of the people making The Force Awakens went were just similar places where the minds of those writing books and comics and such went. Wow. You know, and the one angle I was thinking of, too, and you touched on it, uh, Ben Solo is basically Gantaris. Uh, you know, the, the, the first student in the first class to go dark. Only in this case, he decided to wipe out all the Jedi, which uh, Ray's story pointed that out, which I think yeah, you pointed that out in my direction as well. Man, there, there was, and you know, there are people that have talked about Snoke rumored to be a fallen Jedi. Well, it's like, okay, if that happens to be the case, well, there's a Darth Krayat like angle. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think about I, one of the things that jumped out to me readily when I first watched The Force Awakens was how Han was always tortured in Legends. But what happened to him in canon, I was just like, wow, at least Han was able to live his life in Legends. You know, I mean, you know, the, the big three are still untouchable as of this point, And that's not what I mean. But what I mean is he had a lot of happy times. 
Uh, and in canon, you know, what we've seen, we don't see happy times. We can hope and assume that there were happy times and maybe later they'll give us some of that. But at least in Legends, we got to witness that on paper. You know, there were moments where the Falcon was rebuilt. We got to watch him have his children be born. He got to raise them, save them, have them save him. Uh, you know, I mean, there was just so many good moments as well as bad. But I don't know. There were a lot more happier times. Han had a big family. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that never happened. And that was something that really, you know, that really saddened me, uh, you know, but again, I take solace that legends, you can't take the sky from me, baby. I mean, my legends will always be here, even if they're not growing and, and that Han and those moments in his life will always live in my heart. I would also toss in before I run down some of the things I found as the most notable differences, uh, I would toss in the concept of the first order in a sense is similar to other resurgent Imperial movements that we saw within the Legends continuity. Granted, the Empire's defeat and its breakdown happened a little bit differently, but the First Order reminded me of Hethrier's Empire Reborn, or the Young Jedi mm. Knight series' Second Imperium. I mean, they're, the idea of movements to bring back the Empire, not a Sith Empire, but the Empire, of course, those existed within the Legends continuity, and eventually we get a resurgence of the Empire with the one Sith behind the scenes uh, that creates... The, the Sith Imperial rule that we see in Legacy. See, and, and the Ben Solo angle, like, depending on what we know about his fate, is he could be Ben Skywalker or he could be Jason Solo. I mean, I'm, I'm either way. I'm like, is Ben going to be, Ben Solo going to be a character that could be redeemed? If so, he leans more towards Ben Skywalker. But if he's going to be someone that's fated to fall, I see it being more adjacent. Uh, that's one of those, the grandson of, of Anakin Skywalker angles that I really, I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. So that, of course, opens the door to the other things that are different, uh, that have changed with this new continuity. The things that really jump out to me, I've kind of listed here, essentially. We have uh, Han and Leia getting married happens earlier. Uh, they were married four years after Return of the Jedi in Courtship of Princess Leia, and then they wound up having their first kids, Jason and Jaina, a year after that. And then right near the change of years from uh, six years after Jedi to seven is when Anakin Solo was born, the third child. Whereas now, Han and Leia apparently get married very, very quickly after Return of the Jedi, kind of like the end of Return of the Jedi suggested. I always thought it was a little bit weird that the end of Return of the Jedi is them apparently living happily ever after, and then four years later, he's still trying to fight to marry her. Um... And then they have their child, Ben, uh, at this point, the only child we know of for Han and Leia, which is another change, one instead of three, although now they kind of have one in Legends, it's just because two of them are dead. Um, but you've got the fact that, that Ben is born within that that first year after Return of the Jedi, rather than it being five years later when the first children are born. So the one solo child that we do see is older than the solo children we're used to from Legends. Um, we have the, the Empire. There's not a continued conflict with the Empire anymore. In Legends, there's a continued conflict with either Imperial warlords or actual people bringing the Empire back together, whether it's Natasi Dala or it's Thrawn or whomever, all the way up until about 15 years after Return of the Jedi when we finally get the treaty in Vision of the Future. And that sort of changes the playing field, and now the Imperial Remnant and the New Republic are going to be able to work together somewhat for a while. Whereas in this case... Instead of this ongoing conflict, you've got basically a Cold War because there's a treaty that's signed right after the Battle of Jakku just one year after Return of the Jedi. So you have this ongoing state of tension 
but not ongoing open conflict over a matter of decades. I thought that was a, a notable difference here. It's more Cold War than it is War Without End, in a sense here. Uh, I already mentioned the Luke Saber is there. It just shows up in a different way. Um, Luke is no longer a primary player in the galaxy for most of the interim in that 30-year stretch after Return of the Jedi anymore. Right? In the Legends continuity... He's a major factor in the New Republic early on. He sets up the Jedi Academy. Then he and his Jedi become major factors as time goes on until eventually they're a major factor in the Yuuzhan Vong War and so forth. Now, we don't know exactly when it is that he forms a Jedi Academy. We don't know exactly when it is that Ben turns on him and the Academy is wiped out. The temple's in flames, as the, the young reader, the junior novelization talks about. But now there's this big gap of probably a matter of a decade or two in which Luke just isn't there, which is a very different galaxy. Um, Snoke is now present in the background through what appears to be all of the films, because he talks about seeing the Clone Wars and the Republic turning into the Empire. So now we have sort of this, uh, this mastermind behind the scenes controlling things uh, or manipulating events that we wouldn't have seen in Legends. Uh, closest we had to that was the Emperor and whatnot. Um... There's no more Yuuzhan Vong invasion, so no dead Chewie, no Anakin Solo to save, to wind up with Chewie dying also, uh, but no dead Chewie. Han now dies before Chewie instead of the other way around. Um, Han's downward spiral into old habits uh, at first was because Ben went dark, now it's Chewie's death in, or in Legends, it was Chewie's death in Vector Prime that makes the difference, uh, that sends him on that path. But now his spiraling down into darkness seems to come earlier. It seems like Ben turning on Luke was well before when it would have been Chewbacca's death in Vector Prime. Uh, the Emperor does not seem to have ever returned. His, he's just dead, right? He dies in Return of the Jedi. There is no Emperor Reborn Dark Empire type stuff as far as we know. No clone bodies out there to deal with or anything like that. Uh, by that measure, many of the Imperial leaders we thought of as major leaders like Dala and such aren't there. Thrawn apparently isn't there as part of it, but there's rumors he's going to show up in Rebels at some point. Uh, and lastly, unless Rey is somebody that we don't know about, and actually is Luke's daughter, which I know a lot of people say it must be. I think it's too obvious if that was the case, but maybe, possibly. Um, but until we know for sure about Rey, Luke has no children, as far as we know. So either he has a child and it's Rey, so he has a daughter instead of a son, Ben, or Luke has no children, and if there's no Ben Skywalker, that of course means no Cole, no Cade, no Nat, and that family line that continues off into the future with Legacy wouldn't exist in this continuity. Uh, all changes just noted from one film. Imagine how many changes there will wind up being by the time we get to two or three films in the sequel trilogy being done. And how much more obvious I think it'll be that a reboot was the only way to pull it off without wrecking balling the living crap out of Legends and no longer letting it be whole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because Mara, you know, there's speculation, like you said, that Ray is Luke's. Then it comes into, you know, well, who's the mom? Where is the mom? And like you said, right now, there is nothing stating that Luke has any kids. Luke Actually, would then for I, have no wife. Can I toss in something on that, too? Yeah. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill just recently, when talking on social media, somebody asked about the possibility of Luke Skywalker being gay. He's like, 
I guess, maybe, whatever. I, I don't think people are looking at him and trying to think of his sexual orientation, but you know, could be. <laughs> you would think that if, unless he's just trying to hide it, of course, but if he knew that Ray was supposed to be Luke's child, you would think that he might have said, ah, you know, I kind of doubt it. But that's another aspect of that that adds to that discussion. Then again, you know, no, no, I'm not going to say it. I was about to say maybe it was Leia's before he found out that she was a sister, but no, no. Uh, there's, a, there's a decade separating that, so she's definitely not the child of Luke and Leia. <laughs> Chewie's like, we got to hide this baby. Trust me, we got to hide this baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're gonna just going to dump her on Jakku. It's okay. If she grows up with any major birth defects because of the incest, don't worry. She's hanging with Uncar Plutt. She'll still look pretty compared to him. <laughs> oh, and that just made me an a hole. Or wait, does it? Does it? Does, do incest jokes make someone a? You know what? I don't know because I'm not living in one of those states. So I'm just gonna shut up now. <laughs> There's a reason Lucas threw that in. I'm sure, right? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, now you said when the next few episodes come out, you know how different it's going to be, and that is definitely one of the things I'm looking forward to. Uh, it kind of almost sucks that we got to go to Rogue One before we can get to Episode Eight, uh, you know, because I want to know what Luke says when he sees that girl standing there holding the lightsaber up. You know, is it? Did he really say where's the, there was a hand attached? Or yes, you know? <laughs> there's so many angles here that I I can't wait to play, but. When I think about, you know, what could have been, what should have been, and how they might have done it, uh, having that final, you know, episode nine behind the belt, that's probably when we come back and readdress this the most uh, that I'm looking forward to. And, you know, and, and there'll still be division by then, I'm sure. This is not something that that is going to go away anytime soon. I mean, there are still people who are angry about the way that shows that ended years ago, <coughs> Firefly, uh, wound up playing out. Um, I just hope that in the interim between now and then, when hopefully it'll become more obvious why they needed a reboot, rather than being able to fit what they wanted to tell, the stories they wanted to tell within a continuity that already existed I'm hoping that bef by the, in the interim between now and when that becomes hopefully more obvious or more clear, that the division in fandom won't continue to grow to the point where there are some who will have turned away who will never come back. Because if we got to wait for episode nine before that really becomes a clear thing, I would imagine that there are going to be some who just are, are, are done and they're just walking away. Uh, one other thing I wanted to put out there is a suggestion. This is the thing that I thought of earlier and it completely slipped my mind. Maybe what we need is a Star Wars What If series. And I don't mean just Star Wars Infinities. We've gotten Star Wars Infinities stories that are What If stories. But what's the thing that distinguishes What If stories that are alternate continuities from, and I mean What If the Marvel series, from Infinities? What's missing? A narrator. An actual narrator. The Watcher. Why don't we have... Let's have a story set maybe in the far future or something or in some other parallel universe or something where someone is using the force like the Watcher to see alternate timelines and a story in which someone is actually seeing events in Legends over here and in canon over here. And it is sort of a canonical recognition that both exist 
as timelines out there. It's just that they're focusing on one for right now. Would that make a difference in being able to get people in the mindset of alternate continuities are okay rather than it's one or the other and to hell with anyone who does, who chooses the one that I don't choose? Yeah. Nice. I still think they should go back and give us a Legends End series. Hey, there you go. Hashtag Legends End. Now that about wraps up this episode of Star Wars Beyond the Films. We'd like to thank you once again for hanging around with us as we ponder on sharing our fandom. Remember, you can always listen to our episodes streaming online on the Star Wars Report website, Second Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Episodes are also available on Stitcher and on iTunes, which I always encourage you to leave us a review while you're at it. You can also find links to our episodes on both our Twitter and our Facebook pages at SWBeyondFilms, or just type in Star Wars Beyond the Films in the search bar. Hey, but no matter how you get there, be sure to like our Facebook page. It's one of the best ways to interact with us. It's our own home one, if you will. Not only can you post comments to us about the show, we love interacting with you fellow fans. So if you have any Star Wars or Legends questions, or you just want to comment about a past episode, fire off. You can also email us directly at SWBeyondFilms at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Now, lastly, before we go, we wanted to mention to you our sponsors, Audible. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash Report, you get a free trial run of audible.com to see what they're all about. Our sponsors have more than 100,000 titles. You can explore the Star Wars expanded universe or any other genre without risk of being stuck with a book you flat out hate. Because Audible members, they can exchange any book within 12 months, that's one year, with no questions asked. So, in this digital age, if you're thinking of making the switch from the page to the audiobook... Audible just might be right for you. So, once again, for Stars Beyond the Films, this has been Mark and Whistler. And Nathan. Saying thanks for listening and may the force be with you. And don't quote us the odds that despite trying to take an even keel in this episode, we'll wind up getting crap from both sides of the debate, claiming that we took the opposite side. Or we're going to just get hate letters sent to our houses. Release the hate. Let it flow. I've got something written down here and I wrote it so fast I actually can't even tell <laughs> I can't tell what I f***ing wrote uh, let's see what was it gonna say uh, uh, the indoor films you said the indoor films I can comment on the indoor thing there was something else uh, fuck Imperial base, pre-imperial base, no, Earth. You had said we're talking about possible Kotor era and so on and so on. And I, I have no clue what I was gonna say. I'll, I'll mention it if I, if it comes to mind. <coughs> Hang on. <coughs> <coughs>
motherfucker. I was holding that in for like 30 seconds. He <laughs> died. Hello. I think it is recording. Impressive. Or do you hear me when I do this? I I didn't hear you until you said, or do you hear me when I do this? Good, because I, I didn't expect you to, but... I okay, good. To see if it's like, working. the f- <laughs> I'm recording everything on Audacity. Uh, go ahead and talk again real quick. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good. You're coming in really hot. J.J. Abrams uses a lot of f**ks in that interview. He does. I was blown away. Get really excited real quick. Sweet, you don't max out. That's great. <laughs> Get really excited real quick. I'm like, I don't think that's any of your business. <laughs> I see. Right, let's see now. Uh, I'm in myself bigger. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <I can go> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's so much wrong about this conversation. I am so freaking burning up. Finished Bloodline, by the way. Nice. I just barely cracked it open. I, I got to admit, I was a little thrown off by the whole... Uh, J J or J J uh, Bail Organa having a statue ceremony. I'm like, really? Like, what's it? Well, well, Leia just loves statues to Bail, doesn't she? Yeah, that's yeah. That was what threw me. But me yeah, off. what gets me is that it's six years before uh, Force Awakens. Leia and Han are still together. Ben's still out there training with Luke. Shit hasn't gone down. Although I wonder if results of this book will be what causes some of this. Shit to go down because I can imagine something that happens in this book may be what finally is the tipping point for Ben once he finds out about it mm. but but yeah it's pretty cool pretty good and it's it really is sort of an origin story for the resistance and to some extent an origin story for the first order like it doesn't feel like it mm-hmm. but they eventually finally start name dropping. You're like, oh, okay, this actually does have meaning. Like, there's so much of it that feels like it's like, really? She's going after a criminal organization? That's boring. But there's they they eventually start using more layers instead of using all kinds of freaking euphemisms. They actually start using names we recognize. Yeah, it takes them long enough. <laughs> but yeah, so that was good. And I got some notes for the thing. To make sure I know what I'm talking like for the JJ thing. I looked up the other things, though it would probably help to have it sitting in the chat if you got that still from somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah, I had a couple different things in the chat. Uh, he- I'll give you the link to this one. I don't know if it'll let you in, but I will send it anyway. Um, but I'm, I'm, that's the Google. 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 It's it's a it's a mess. Because I'm kind of like adding to what Riley had there, and of course, you know, my spell checking I haven't hit yet. All right, B's BD. That's stuff he had in there that I have no clue, so I made it red because I'm avoiding it. Okay. Um, I've got time clips that I'll play in when we get to the Tribeca stuff. Okay. Uh, now, is this, this is yeah, this is just us recording. This isn't a live broadcast, is it? Oh, oh fuck. no, dude. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this, doing this live when I'm taking over for he freaking wings all this and does such an amazing job that when I have to take over for him, I get. Being nervous to the point of anxiety so uh, there's no way uh yeah 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 so like you see my show notes like you've seen my other show notes and then you see this mess yeah you can tell exactly how i'm like barely hold cool. on plus well, we need it caving stuff if we're looking but for I, anything else to throw in we can th- uh we can throw in that uh the review copies are out yeah good I have to worry and, about the and, kind of shit that's coming out of my mouth okay all right and then 
let's see. I need to. What's going to be really fun. <laughs> I've never done the opening with Riley's uh, theme music. So I may watch this a couple times. So, yeah, here we go. Okay. That's nice to be able to do that. Let's see. Yeah. I actually think I can do that on my iFree Skype recorder that's now working fine now that it's just you and me and I started the call. I think mm. it may have been just the different versions of Skype clashing. Oh. But, uh, but I think that can pause, but I'm always afraid to try it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's see. I need the news clip. Where the hell did I find? Oh, right there. Okay. I want that one. No, I don't want to move it. I just want to make a copy. It's control. Yeah, I'm so beat. And then me and my, my dad wanted me to help him move a play structure today, which turned into two. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like we're dragging it. And he's like, you need to lift it up. I'm like, you're seriously misunderstanding how exhausted I am right now. Like, I mean, I'm kid you not, dad, a mile and a half in and a mile and a half out in four fucking hours with 15 people. Hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> at one point, dude, I was just rolling like a log. I was just so fucking exhausted. Everybody's like, why are you rolling? I'm like, my knees can't take the abuse anymore. I had no knee pads. So I was just like, oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. So let's see. All right. Let me un. All right. Unpausing. We have something to report. It's way quiet. So I'm going to turn you up real quick. So don't talk. That's right. You're listening to Star Wars Report, episode 219. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rather loud and cut out a couple of times and redlining the all over the place. But okay. Yeah, I'm like, where in the hell is the thing I? What happened to the? Like the, the I was music. I'm going to go from one into the other because I prefer the other one, but oh. hell. So it's a new mixer I'm 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 with here, and I don't use VLC that often, but it's all I have right now, and I don't uh. know what the controls are for it. Yeah. Okay. There's play stop. Okay. Tools. Can I make that a permanent feature? Oh well, I know where it is now at least. What do we add interface? Add interface. Console. Mouse gestures. I don't think that worked. Oh well. Okay. What do you think it would be? Lines two and three? If I turn that down. Talk for a sec. If I know Holmes. Okay, you got really quiet. Okay, talk again. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, now I'm gonna hit play and see if I can uh, with the sound on the oh fuck I cleared the playlist. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Motherfucker. Oh 
I love using a new program that I haven't used yet. I'm going to go with the other one. My volume drop when I do that too, or do I send your, your volume drops a little bit and it redlines like a mother. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> How's that? Is that a little better? That's good. It's not redlining, though you become very low volume. And then talk again. Testing. Uno, dos, tres. I'm gonna pause I have this. no idea what that song is, but that's okay. Alright, so that's pause. Talk again. Let's yeah. see. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello? Did you redline just now? Not that I know of. Okay. I gotta figure out where I need to put it my level two and three, which is your voice on my recording, uh, after I frack with the volume in the back. Man, Actually, you know what? I think I know how to do it. I think I'll do it with the other program and I will just uh, get it. I'll turn its volume down as I go. And that way I don't have to with your volume. Talk again. Give me a test. Testing. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. Adin, de va, three. Get pissed. So, just, that's not Leia. Sweet, you just barely get the okay. Put the top. Oh, that's it's not Leia. Leia. All right, now I'm gonna test the music. And I say Nathan's here. Actually, I want it quieter than that. And we got Nathan. Go ahead and talk over the music. Uh, testing, 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 testing. We're done testing that crap. All right. Okay. Bop, 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 stop. I will restart that. You're like, it. if I got to do a podcast with no music, I'll do a podcast with no music. Nobody I, listens for the music anyway. Oh, exactly. That's uh, where I'm at. I will Sons just. Sons of whore! <laughs> okay. Hit record again. Reslate. Cleared the slate. That's right. Our first story that Riley has for us, because he was kind of our correspondent for this week's show notes. <laughs> that was just great. <laughs> what was that? That was uh, our intermission music that I had lined up that disappeared. Just decided to play. Yeah, I decided it's back. All right. So you ever wonder if Mon Mothman was boffing a Bothan because she really seems shell-shocked in the few lines that she gets, so much that she just turns over the briefing to to uh, Akbar and just lets it go completely. She's basically there just to say, it's time to go after him because the Bothans are dead. I'm kind of thinking, man, man, she must have had a thing for furries. Does uh, does Bloodlines talk about what happens to her? Because that was like one of the Blood, things- uh, kind of like she is. She had been chancellor for a long time, and then she became ill. And since she's been ill, she's like not. I don't know if she's supposed to still be the chancellor, and she's just like t- 
taking a leave of absence or something because they never mention a chancellor. Oh, really? There isn't yeah. someone else in that position, but it's it's her absence and her charisma that used to bring people together. Uh, with that gone, that's what's causing the populist centrist thing to really get heavily underway. At least that's what Leia thinks initially. Oh, so, okay. Oh, that really threw me off. I'm like, wait, where is she? What yeah, happened? She's she's ill. She she um when something happens in the book, she winds up contacting Leia and offering her emotional support briefly. Nice. Hey, uh, I just realized what time it is. I've got to run. Uh, thanks again, man, for coming out for this. Uh, no problem. I got to I got to get our, our other show going again. I've been kicking my butt, missing all my editing. And I had the last episode that I had edited. I was saving the damn thing. No. Program. Uh, that's right. I have learned to use the save project before I export a damn thing. That's what I was before. Oh, the save project was what died. But I, I've been more of it as I go, but this time I did it all at once and I didn't save any between. No! And I was like, I should have fucking known better. And it, uh, it brought the project up and it was all one long flat file with like four spikes. And there was nothing to save. If my blooper reel up too, every time I bring it up, it's all phantom cubes found. I'm like, 